Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Kohler. They design innovative sinks and faucets for people who do their best work in the kitchen. Hey, Proof listeners, it's Bridget, and I want to tell you about something I think you're going to love. It's NakedWines.com. They bring delicious, affordable wines straight from independent winemakers directly to your home. Unlike the big wine retailers, NakedWines.com is a customer-funded wine business. With the help of the more than 100,000-member angel community, NakedWines.com supports independent winemakers to make their passion projects. And you can become an angel, too, with a monthly membership so you can support independent winemakers and get access to delicious, exclusive wines in return. Go to NakedWines.com proof for $50 off your first order. Hey, Proof fans, Bridget here. We reported today's show a while back, long before the COVID-19 crisis started. And as you know, businesses all over are struggling during these times. Restaurants have been especially hard hit. This episode focuses on the relationship between a restaurant and its patrons, and we urge people to have patience and empathy with businesses as they struggle to stay afloat in these trying times. We should all look for ways that we can offer support. So stay tuned to the end of the episode for more information. From America's Test Kitchen, I'm Bridget Lancaster, and this is Proof. Immediately after I started working in the food and beverage industry, I developed a sense of empathy for just about everyone else in the industry, too. This is Jesse Rudoy, a Brooklyn-based radio producer and also a soda uh, producer. Producer, I guess. Sorry, (laughs) Jesse. What's the preferred title that you'd like to have? Well, the preferred title is actually Soda Baron. Um, I do like to think of myself (laughs) as a Soda Baron. But yes, Soda Producer is probably more accurate. Since 2016, I've run a small local yerba mate soda company called White Label here in Brooklyn. And when we started it, I suddenly got to know and often became friends with all these restaurant and bar owners throughout the city that I was delivering soda to. And getting this behind-the-scenes view was kind of shocking. How so? Well, I think everyone inherently understands that running a restaurant in New York is expensive and competitive, but I was getting this first-hand look. A new restaurant would open and start ordering from us, and then within three months, they'd be gone. A place that seemed to be doing really well from the outside would have trouble paying their $80 soda invoice on time. I started to see opening a restaurant in New York less as a business venture and more like a really high-stakes form of gambling. Right. And it's that understanding that that the whole thing is such a gamble. It's not really something that customers who come in off the streets are aware of. Exactly. And with the rise of websites like Yelp in particular, that misunderstanding can sometimes play out and get exacerbated in very public ways. If you're not familiar, Yelp is a global crowdsourced website where anyone can rate and review everything from their dentist's office to their favorite cafe and give them anywhere from one to five stars. And it's especially important to food and beverage establishments. Yelp has become a behemoth in the food and beverage world. It launched in 2004 and almost immediately created this huge seismic shift in how we decide where to dine out. Before Yelp, if you were going out to eat in a place that was unfamiliar to you, you might ask for a recommendation for a friend, or walk a few blocks, look at some menus, and peek into windows to see which restaurants seemed popular and which were not. And professional food critics held a lot of power. Whether reviewing for a newspaper or writing for travel guides, 
there was only a very small percentage of the population that had the opportunity to publicly weigh in on the quality of a restaurant. Many restaurants were never written about at all, or they had to rely solely on foot traffic or word-of-mouth recommendations. Yelp changed all of that, for better or worse. In 2019, Yelp reported that it had 205 million different reviews on its site. And as somebody who came up in the digital age, I definitely came to rely on it. But with millions of voices now weighing in on businesses, things have also gotten messy, as they tend to do on the internet. And lurking just under the surface of a restaurant's average star rating, you often find some surprisingly charged and unpredictable online communication that has real-world effects. And that's what this story is about. I do love the democratizing element of the internet and how it can give unheard voices a platform, whether in politics or in reviewing restaurants. But I also started to wonder if, like in politics, if all this rapid communication sometimes making us understand each other less rather than more. So I wanted to take a particularly quick and contentious online interaction, a bad Yelp review, and see what happens when you slow it all down and put a face to a Yelp. It's my first time in this bar restaurant with a friend who got a nice recommendation for this place, but I found it as really bad. So this is my friend Bryce David. He's a warm and thoughtful guy. He's got kind of spiky brown hair, lots of tattoos, and a small silver earring. He's usually got a big smile on his face. He's one of the owners of a restaurant called Black Flamingo in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And Bryce is reading me a one-star Yelp review that Black Flamingo got shortly after it opened. The old, unshaved bartender was super rude. I asked him a, a simple question about the menu, and he just gave me a short answer, turning his back to me and never coming back to take my order. <laughs> oh, man. But thankfully, reviews like this for Black Flamingo are relatively rare. As of this recording, Black Flamingo has four out of five stars on Yelp, which is great. It's a really popular place that's been open since 2015, which is basically a lifetime in restaurant years. I think that at this point, it's safe to say that Black Flamingo is a staple of its neighborhood. Black Flamingo has sort of an interesting concept, too. It's a plant-based taqueria and, and discotheque in Brooklyn, which sounds pretty ridiculous when you say it out loud, but... Basically, we're a cocktail bar and a restaurant upstairs, and then we have the nightclub downstairs. Vegetables upstairs, party downstairs. I feel like these days, a lot of the menus at plant-based restaurants are meant to make vegetarians feel like they aren't missing out on meat. But sometimes, I just want vegetables to be themselves. And that's why I like Black Flamingo, because it offers the best of both worlds. It's great for vegetarians, but also for people like you and me who want to eat things that actually taste like plants when we get the occasional vegetable itch. We're not trying to make things taste like meat, and we're not doing, like, vegan junk food. It's just good food. So Bryce and I both launched our businesses within a year or so of each other, and I got to know him because he was one of the first restaurant owners to carry our soda. Black Flamingo is the first place Bryce has ever owned. He was just 26 when he started running it. Before that, he tried a lot of different things. As a teenager, he served clam chowder in Massachusetts. He worked at his dad's bar in Key West for a while. Then he moved to Atlanta, where he started doing graphic design work and bartending on the side. In Atlanta, he got really into DJing and started promoting parties. And in each job, he was diligent about putting some of his earnings away with the hope that someday he'd be able to use it for something really important to him. He just wasn't quite sure what that was. So eventually, Bryce decided to move to Brooklyn, started doing marketing for a nightclub. But when he was abruptly let go, he had no idea what to do next. 
This strikes me as the classic restlessness of someone in their early, mid-20s trying to find their calling, and then they throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and look at what sticks. Right. But DJing and dance music was a consistent passion for Bryce. At the time, he was regularly buying records from a pretty well-known DJ in Bed-Stuy named Eli. One day, while Bryce was picking up some records, Eli mentioned that he and some partners were about to open a new vegetarian restaurant and nightclub called Black Flamingo. Bryce needed a job. He was initially hired there as a bartender. But when Black Flamingo opened in June of 2015, Bryce quickly felt unfulfilled, and that familiar sense of restlessness that had nagged him throughout his young adulthood began to creep in again. He started to ask himself some big existential questions. I want to do more in my life, and I want to grow. I'm definitely not peaked. So, like, say I had, you know, more responsibility or more people working underneath me. How would things change in my life? He soon got his answer. Black Flamingo immediately got off to a rocky start and needed help. Bryce was sitting on these savings that he'd accumulated throughout his 20s, and though investing in a fledgling restaurant felt like a crazy decision, Becoming part owner of a nightclub and restaurant felt like the perfect way to bring Bryce's varied life experiences into a single, meaningful role. So Bryce offered to help. He'd put all his savings into the struggling business and become a partner. The offer was welcomed by Black Flamingo's owners, and Bryce soon became not just a partner, but a managing partner. He was suddenly in charge of Black Flamingo's day-to-day operations. Running the whole ship was pretty tough, you know? A lot of, like, learning experiences and, like, managing, you know, not just a couple people for the first time, but, like, a gigantic team. It wasn't just the stress of running a restaurant for the first time. Bryce quickly began to feel nervous that he might never see return on the investment he just made. It was going to be a long, uncertain road and a ton of work. The time, Black Flamingo's menu was all over the place. It was generally meant to be vegetarian Latin food. But they were also serving a banh mi and other incongruous items that made the vision feel unfocused. The cocktails were generic, not very well executed, and it wasn't working. People weren't showing up, and Bryce was spending 75 to 80 hours a week at Black Flamingo, doing his best to support the staff to figure out what needed to change. It started to take a toll. When you put in, you know, that many hours, a slow night would cut so deep or I would book like one of my favorite DJs, pay them their asking fee, and then I'd be super pumped and then nobody would come. And I'd be like, what am I doing here? You know, everything was hard. But it wasn't just the empty seats that Bryce had to worry about. As a new owner, Bryce quickly found himself confronted with a whole range of expensive red tape. It's just crazy. I mean, you have to pay $300 if you want to light one candle in your restaurant. I mean, there's illuminated sign fees. You pay sidewalk fees, sidewalk cafe fees. And you also have to pay a lawyer to file everything for you. And then sometimes it's like, for what? What, you know, like, how is it all costing this much? In its first two years, Black Flamingo had to do two separate capital calls. A capital call is kind of a last-ditch emergency measure where all the owners of a business have to float the restaurant some cash so it can pay its bills and remain open. Black Flamingo was in trouble. But Bryce sensed that traditional turnaround tactics like digging into the sales numbers and cutting costs would be like placing Band-Aids over a much larger issue. Black Flamingo needed to redefine itself. And this was where Bryce finally got to see all the seemingly disparate parts of his life experience come together in his role as restaurant owner. Bryce used his old graphic design skills. He developed designing party flyers. 
and he gave Black Flamingo a stark, minimal new logo, just a silhouette of a flamingo standing on one leg. He rebranded the business as a taqueria and discotheque, working with a new head chef to change the menu to center around plant-based tacos. And he started educating himself intensely about mezcal, reading five separate books on it, making research trips to Oaxaca in Mexico to find the best distilleries for Black Flamingo's newly mezcal-focused cocktail menu. Eating and drinking at Black Flamingo soon became a highly cohesive and specific dining experience. It paid off. By mid-2017, Black Flamingo was full nearly every night. The restaurant began making money. And the owners started to get their initial investment back. And Bryce has come to find a real sense of satisfaction in his work. I'm, like, excited that it's going to open up that day and, like, people are going to come and enjoy it for the most part. And a night like tonight when I am there... I like seeing it completely full and everyone's having a good time and like the drinks that I created are being consumed and it's like, all right, they like it too. Like, this is cool, <laughs> you know? And, and I like that. Bryce seems like a person willing to do just about anything to make it work, re-examine, make changes. He sounds passionate, but adaptable. He is. And Black Flamingo has a shockingly low staff turnover for a restaurant. People work there for years. Bryce is really proud of that, and he manages in a way that he hopes will entice people to stick around. He makes a point of not texting or calling them outside their work hours, and he makes sure the staff has opportunities for growth. We all really vibe with each other, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's really supportive, you know, it's really family energy. This is Cesar Toribio, a longtime manager of Black Flamingo, and Maria Padilla, a bartender. Talking to staff, it's clear that Black Flamingo is a positive working environment, and they're close to Bryce share a lot of the same interests. This is one of the most special places, and everyone that works there knows that. Caesar has been at Black Flamingo for almost four years, and he sees Bryce as a driving force in making Black Flamingo successful. I'm really proud of him, and I've seen him grow in this position. We've all, we all have, but like he's been doing a really good job growing the business. He's always improving things, whether it's like, oh, okay, we should make micheladas, or focusing on different cocktails, focusing on different types of mezcals, and then, like, being more conscious of, like, ticket times, getting things in place so that the servers are conscious of that. He really cares about it, and he's really working on it. He is uh, very methodic. When you have to do your job, he will tell you straight up. So he's very straightforward, but also he's our friend, you know? So Black Flamingo just seems like a really warm working environment that values good communication, including communication with customers. And one of the most common ways customers communicate with Black Flamingo is through Yelp. I'd look at Yelp every week, sometimes every day for Black Flamingo. I go into work and I always look at it and see. And especially when it comes to service things, I take it personally. That's that's my jurisdiction. You know what I mean? And when the occasional bad Yelp review pops up, Caesar tries to analyze what went wrong and what the restaurant could have done better, and I'll bring it to Bryce's attention. And if it's something that, okay, we did mess up, and at that point Bryce is good, and he'll reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm sorry, and he'll offer a free meal, comp a free drink, you know what I mean? Whatever. And try to correct that. And Maria says that there have been Yelp reviews that prompted protocol changes for management, like when a review noted that a bartender was on their phone too much. And then everyone got this email. It was like to everyone, hey... So we got this review. Can we stop using the phone? When it's a real thing, it's taken in consideration and they say something. When I was talking to Bryce and his staff, something that came up again and again and again was the conditional. 
if it's real, when we actually mess up. And that's because more and more, just like with any public figure or celebrity or politician, it can be painful and crazy-making for a restaurant to look at all of the things people are saying about them on the internet. And it can be hard to know what's real and what's not. Here's Bryce again. When things were a little bit more on the line and it was like, are we going to survive? I cared a lot more about every review that came in. I think that it wasn't like doing too many good things for like my overall mental health. And I dress like even the ones that I think are really thin, I still address them. He takes them really seriously. Bryce conducts many internal investigations, bad Yelp reviews. I'll talk to the staff about what happened. He and Caesar will even sometimes review security camera footage to see how long a customer had to wait. And when it seems like something went wrong, they try to fix it. If you go on Black Flamingo's Yelp page, you can often see Bryce commenting on negative reviews and asking people to reach out to him or to come back in for another meal. But then there's this whole other class of review where Bryce feels like there was nothing that could have been done. Here's one of those. This place sucks. Well, decline your card with $9,000 in checking because they don't like you, which is physically impossible. That could actually not happen. We couldn't deny a debit or credit card because we didn't like somebody. They charged me multiple times on my debit card and my cousin. Looked into it, that was false. They threw us out of the bar for putting our feet on the chairs after we paid $35 per drink. We don't have a drink that costs $35, so I'm interested uh, as to what they were drinking. Their staff sucks all around. I will never go back, which I think is a good thing. And even if this person did have a poor experience, the language they used is crude, not exactly constructive. But this is also part of the new landscape that websites like Yelp have created. Occasionally, reviews pop up that are incredible, irrelevant, or in the worst case, vitriolic. And that's why it doesn't feel hyperbolic when I hear Bryce talk about the negative mental health effects of Yelp on him and his staff. Restaurants don't need someone's sympathy, like, oh, poor restaurant, like it's, you know, like we're choosing to do this. But a little bit of empathy of like, you know, we mess things up from time to time. But like if your food takes long and then you start kind of going in and saying that like the place is cold and you don't like the bar staff, you're just like attacking people that are just showing up for work. So when like I read that stuff, like I take it personally. But it's not just a personal impact. Yelp now plays a huge role in whether a restaurant survives or fails. Back in the day before uh, Yelp, you might have to worry about a critic walking into your restaurant and writing a review. So we spoke with Yorgos Zervas. He's an associate professor of marketing at Boston University who has extensively studied review platforms like Yelp. Now these effects are amplified and everyone is a critic. You and I can walk into a restaurant and we might have a great experience and go write it up on Yelp and millions of people might see our reviews and change their opinions. So now every consumer can potentially affect the online reputation of your restaurant, your hotel or your business in general. And a key part of Professor Zervas' work has been quantifying the economic impact from these new review websites. A lot of his research has centered around TripAdvisor, a similar platform to Yelp. Professor Zervas is also very familiar with research into the effects of Yelp ratings on restaurant revenue. He quoted me one of those studies from 2011 by a colleague of his named Michael Luca. Increasing your average rating by one star on Yelp increases restaurant revenue by roughly 5 to 10%. 
5 to 10% revenue increase per star. That can be make or break difference for restaurants because they typically operate on tight margins. According to Toast, a restaurant point of sale system, some spots only make 3 to 5% profit. So that extra star and the extra revenue that comes with it could mean the difference between scraping by and operating sustainably. And losing a star could be the tipping point for a restaurant struggling to break even. In 2019, Yelp reported getting an average of over 130 million monthly visitors between their desktop and mobile sites. Zeravas speculates that the impact of Yelp on restaurants' revenue has also increased, along with the website's popularity. So, as a restaurant, your average Yelp star rating is hugely important to your bottom line. But the good news here is that because most restaurants have so many Yelp reviews these days, it's pretty difficult to change an average rating by one full star. Meaning one or two bad reviews shouldn't have too much of an effect on your average. And so what's really important here is that the average ratings accurately reflect the experience of eating at a given restaurant. But how Yelp calculates that average star rating is not totally straightforward. Turns out not all reviews are even weighed in a restaurant's average. Because Yelp uses an algorithm to filter out certain reviews, the ones that tend to be extremely and suspiciously positive or negative, and those ultimately are not included in a restaurant star rating. In his research, Professor Zervas naturally wanted to get under the hood of that algorithm. So actually our research revealed nothing about the algorithm. We have no idea how the algorithm works. So Yelp will not tell us and it will not tell you and it will not tell anyone. So we actually did reach out to Yelp to see what they would tell us about how this algorithm, or recommendation software as they call it, works. In a statement to us, Yelp said that Yelp's recommendation software is engineered to highlight the most useful and reliable reviews by continuously evaluating dozens of signals. In an explainer video about the filtering algorithm, Yelp says that it tends to be wary of reviews that were written by brand new users. I'd imagine that many people create accounts solely for the purpose of praising the restaurant of a friend or trashing the restaurant of an enemy. And so it tries to weed those out. Yelp has said that the algorithm also is wary of multiple reviews coming from the same IP address. Like, say, a restaurant owner in the basement of their restaurant creating a bunch of different usernames and writing positive reviews for a place that they own. So that's what Yelp tells us. This mysterious algorithm is built all for the purpose of that goal, accuracy. But... We still don't know how the algorithm is actually working. But it is doing a staggering amount of filtering. Yelp estimates that, on average, this algorithm filters roughly 29% of a business's total reviews out from the total affecting a business's star rating. Yelp allows you to take a look at reviews that it has filtered out. And when we did that with Black Flamingo, we certainly found some mean one-star reviews that could seem egregious. But... We also found a handful of reviews like this. This place is awesome. Tacos are so good and everything can be made vegan. Go here. Four stars. This person had also written reviews of 24 other places. Yet, their favorable review doesn't count towards Black Flamingo's hugely financially important star rating. Why is that? We don't know. That rude-sounding review where the people put their feet up on the chairs that we talked about earlier... That did not get filtered by Yelp's algorithm. And that review is factored into Black Flamingo's rating. 
When I talked to Professor Zervas, he also revealed another major problem with how Yelp calculates its averages for restaurants. Let's say for some reason you had um, a chef that was not great and you accumulated a bunch of one-star reviews. Now you get a new chef who is wonderful and you start getting five-star reviews. Your average rating will not jump to five. It will be the average of a bunch of ones and a few recent fives. So in a setting where quality can vary from day to day, giving the same weight when you compute an average rating to a review left 10 years ago and a review left yesterday has always felt a bit strange to me, but this is exactly what all review platforms do. So when we look at Black Flamingo's Yelp rating, we're actually seeing an average of the reviews from those chaotic first weeks that they were open given equal weight against reviews that have come in in the last few years as Black Flamingo really found its footing and as Bryce and his staff have developed as a team. Which is why even though Black Flamingo's standing on Yelp is overwhelmingly positive, for someone like Bryce, who is continually trying to grow and learn and evolve, the occasionally bad Yelp review feels like an existential threat that is hard to simply brush off for the simple reason that they never really go away. It's really just like somebody else walking up and giving you a tattoo and now you're stuck with it forever, you know, and you had like no say. You both agreed on the fact that it was going to happen, but then like they just, they put it on you and now you have to live with it. And then they just go about their lives and they don't think about what they just wrote. It's like, it's up there and it's forever and they'll never think about it again. That's it. It's not the same for us. The livelihood of Bryce, his servers, his bar staff, his security team, his managers, is hugely impacted by the ratings of strangers off the street and a somewhat opaque algorithm. And on top of all of that, there's pretty much no recourse for a business owner, meaning nothing can be done to remove an unfactual review. For the record, Yelp's content guidelines are quite vague. They say, quote, we don't take sides when it comes to factual disputes, so we expect you to stand behind your review, end quote. And in talking to Bryce, I really felt his frustration with that. He appreciates constructive feedback, he appreciates having a good standing on Yelp, but he also feels powerless to do anything about reviews that feel like they don't have merit or just aren't based in reality. And he doesn't like when his staff is attacked. So in the past few years, Bryce has started to do something about that. If, you know, the policy is that, like, Yelp can't discern what's true and what's not, then I'm just going to give our, our take on it. When Bryce feels like a Yelp review is unfair or just totally unconstructive, he sometimes responds with a comment publicly. You can actually see these comments under the reviews of Black Flamingo's Yelp page. Like when one Black Flamingo reviewer said, quote, ridiculous, awful music. Go there only if you're into heightened anxiety and bad service, end quote. Bryce clapped back saying that his staff was fantastic and that the reviewer's Spotify library was filled with terrible music. Okay, I've said that like in jest because like the music thing is subjective, you know? It's like, I just don't really see the point of commenting on that kind of stuff. I took a literary criticism class in college and I remember that on the very first day, the professor made a point of saying that as a critic, the least valuable insight that you can provide on a work is that you personally think it's good or bad. A thoughtful critic's skill is actually to be able to step back from their own personal opinion in order to assess what an artist or a restaurant is trying to say, and then offer a comment on how they seem to be meeting or not meeting the perceived objectives of their work. 
In other words, it's not, do you as an individual like this plant-based taco discotheque? It's, do you think that Black Flamingo succeeds at being an excellent version of a plant-based taco discotheque? Yelp is so valuable in that it's given us all a chance to weigh in, especially when it comes to cuisines or types of establishments that are historically overlooked by professional critics. But in making everyone a critic, so to speak, it it has also unleashed a strain of communication between restaurants and their customers that may not be productive or informative. I notice, uh, like, how I get sometimes when I'm, like, kind of fuming, like, my blood's boiling a little bit, and I'm, like, going crazy, and I'm deleting, and I'm, like, rewriting, and I'm, like, taking inventory of myself. I'm like, is this a little bit crazy? I was kind of surprised when I read Bryce's replies on Yelp. That hitting below the belt doesn't quite sound like the Bryce I know. He's a thoughtful and even-keeled person. But I think that's reflective of the nature of communicating online these days. It can make people into intensified versions of themselves. Sometimes it feels the best way to connect with reality is to put down the screens and go outside of the system. And that's what we did. Bryce was really brave. He let me pick out a pretty bad one-star review that Black Flamingo got early on, back in 2015. This was the review. I'm really surprised. Lots of hype about the sound, lots of hype about the food. My experience was really poor. The The food food came out, out, dessert first, and appetizers didn't even show. Tiny ass portions for too much money. It looks pretty, but it lacks substance. (laughs) I'm not an I promise. (laughs) And this woman is also really brave. This is the woman who wrote that review. And we're standing together outside of Black Flamingo. I reached out to her on Yelp and asked if she'd come back to sit down with Bryce to talk about what went wrong, to try some of the new food items, and to see if Black Flamingo could make things right. And she said yes. So after the break, Yelper meets Yelpie. If there's one thing Kohler knows, it's innovative sink design. So that got me wondering, do my colleagues at America's Test Kitchen know how to... Fill in the blank. Hello. Hey, Caroline, it's Bridget. I need you to finish the sentence for me. Okay. Everything but the... Everything but the... Hmm. Um... Cat dragged in. Old fish in the freezer. The peanut butter. Everything but the kitchen sink. For everything, including the kitchen sink, there's Kohler. Take, for example, Kohler's Whitehaven apron front sink. It's a farmhouse-style sink made from enameled cast iron, which means it's stain-resistant. Plus, it resists chipping, cracking, and burning. So your sink will look beautiful and will perform beautifully for years. Learn more at Kohler.com. Hey, Proof listeners. It's Jack Bishop here to talk about Miyoko's new spreadable oat milk butter. It's a completely new product for Miyoko's, and it's unlike any vegan butter on the market. They actually make oat milk and culture it and churn it just like the traditional butter-making process. Our expert tasters tried it and thought it was delicious. It was remarkably creamy. It wasn't greasy or oily like a lot of other vegan butters out there. And the flavor, it was buttery. Miyoko's oat milk butter has earned a place in my fridge. My college-age vegan daughter is happy, and so are her parents. Comes in two flavors, hint of salt and garlic parmesan. Miyoko's new spreadable oat milk butter is good for the planet and good for you. Learn more at miyokos.com. That's M-I-Y- O-K-O-S dot com.
For 30 years, OXO has been solving kitchen problems. For senior product engineer Mac Moore, that means tackling the most dangerous beast in the kitchen. Cutting an avocado in a traditional way is a really dangerous task in the kitchen. And uh, according to a calculation by the CPSC, there are just under 9,000 avocado-related visits to the emergency room every year. OXO Good Grip's 3-in-1 avocado slicer has a plastic blade that's plenty sharp to cut into an avocado, but not sharp enough to cut your hand. It splits, pits, and slices with ease. So no more unwanted trips to the emergency room. Learn more at OXO.com. That's OXO.com. Maybe the tool isn't the hero we wanted. It's the hero we need. Before the break, our producer, Jesse, had dug into the worst one-star Yelp reviews of a restaurant called Black Flamingo. And he actually got someone who wrote one of those reviews to come back and give Black Flamingo a second chance. My name is Tanya. I've lived in New York City all my life. I'm a children's librarian and a techno DJ. So I was standing outside Black Flamingo with Tanya, who I just met. And at this point in reporting the story, I'd been spending time with Bryce and the Black Flamingo team who didn't always paint the most flattering picture of what they imagined their negative Yelp reviewers to be like. I had sort of been primed to expect someone who wasn't super friendly or who maybe took themselves a little bit too seriously. So when I met Tanya outside of Black Flamingo, she was not any of those things. Tanya was instantly super warm and funny. We actually liked a lot of the same music. And she was adamant that she didn't think of herself as a food critic. She was just someone who had come to Black Flamingo with pretty high hopes. I guess it was still pretty new, and everybody was talking about it. Uh, a lot of friends were coming here to eat, so I was like, okay, you know what, let me give it a shot. But when Tanya ended up having a really poor experience at Black Flamingo, she turned to Yelp to let it be known. Tanya had felt compelled to let Black Flamingo know about her experience, not only because she herself had paid good money for an underwhelming meal, but because she was concerned about Black Flamingo as a work environment as well. There was a tension. The employees were just overwhelmed, you know, and they needed more support. They didn't seem to be happy to be there. I think they, I think everyone was very overwhelmed with figuring out the mechanics of how things were going to go. Tanya had eaten at Black Flamingo in July of 2015. And this was right about the same time Bryce made a big investment in the restaurant. And reading back her review with some distance two years later... Tanya felt some slight embarrassment about her word choice, but she said it still accurately reflected her experience. That's actually how I felt. I mean, that is legit. I I, I stand by my review. (laughs) But she was cautiously optimistic that this time might be different. So I'm hoping maybe they, like, learned, because that's what it's all about. And uh, for a business to stay open here in the city for this while must mean something. They must be doing something right. I'm looking forward to a fresh perspective. And with that, we head inside to meet Bryce. So how are you? I'm Bryce. (laughs) Bryce, I'm Tanya. In person. I uh, have my head and hang my head and shave. No, 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 no. no. You don't have to. Do no, welcome back, though. Seriously. Thank you. I'm glad that you came back. Of course. Um, I mean, where do you want to do this? Where, where are you comfortable? You can sit here. The three of us take a seat at a table near the kitchen, and immediately my heart rate goes up. 
The intros are amicable enough, but I still wasn't quite sure how this was going to go. Obviously, I should say that both Tanya and Bryce knew that they were being recorded. Tanya was getting a complimentary second meal, and I was sure that Bryce and his staff were both putting their best foot forward and serving it to her. So as we sit down, I'm definitely hyper-aware of how all these factors could be affecting everyone's behavior. Even so, the interaction immediately feels a bit charged and tense. So what made you come to this place originally? All my friends, you know, it was like my Facebook feed was, you know, flooded with it for even before the opening. And, you know, I'm all about, like, supporting and everything. And I, and I came... Bryce and just seems like, a bit guarded at first. There's not a ton of eye contact. And then Tanya just really kind of lets it fly. She was here to give Black Flamingo a second chance, but she was also here to stand by her original review. Tanya also let us know that she wasn't a career Yelper. She didn't give out her opinions lightly. Well, I've written two reviews ever on Yelp. One was positive and one was negative. And it was only because I came and it was just, you know, like, as I said, it was like the food was delivered at the wrong time. And it was just kind of like dessert. Wait, what happened to my food, man? Like, it got to the point where, like, we were sitting here for hours. And uh, I don't even think I got to have dinner. So it was just all over the place. And she was comically candid at points. The waitress wasn't a bad, like, you know, she's a sweetheart and, like, was so Tanya took a couple of minutes to just really share what her initial experience had been. And it felt like she was determined to let Bryce know that her review hadn't come from a flip and sensitive person, but from the perspective of an excited diner who had really wanted to enjoy her experience and was genuinely and thoroughly disappointed by it. And that's when Bryce started to make a little eye contact. But, uh, it seemed like a circus experience. It was a circus experience. It was really crazy. And so, you know, it's, that was just my experience. You came on a weekend. I think that was like in the first six weeks or, or eight weeks that we were open. Yeah, right, which I didn't, wasn't sensitive to. Something shifted then, and I felt the ice starting to melt. Yeah, let's get some food. We've evolved, we've changed, you know, and I think like what we're doing now is also completely different. We start looking at the menu, and it's clear that, at least at first glance, the work that Bryce has put into evolving and changing the menu over the years has really paid off. There were a bunch of different things that Tanya immediately wanted to try. All right, I think you might have had me at the gruyere and the guava. Okay, that's the jam. But we eventually decide on a taco called the jam, and some arepas, some flautas, and a couple of cocktails. And less than 15 minutes later, in a very timely fashion, all of our food arrived, and it all looked great, but there was this sort of inevitable, awkward silence where Tanya was just taking her first few bites, and Bryce and I were just watching silently with bated breath, waiting to see what she thought. So Tanya, you're, you're digging in here. Tell me what's... what's... <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Flautas are amazing. They're really savory, and my saliva is like running. So. <laughs> Oh, man. I knew this would happen. <laughs> you have to try this. This is really good, too. It's a mess to eat, Plantain. Yeah. So we had this wonderful meal, a couple of cocktails, which really lightened the mood. And then we started talking about the whole experience of yelping and being yelped about. Bryce and his staff often perceive the negative Yelp reviews as coming from people who just don't quite understand or appreciate the unique concept of a vegetarian restaurant slash nightclub. But we learned that with Tanya... This couldn't have been further from the truth. Because, uh, I, I, you know, I've had 
the experiences before and it's interesting that I chose to write about you guys yeah. and I think it's just because I am a vegetarian because I am a DJ you know I had to be like the voice you know a reason like come on guys like we should push each other to do better I guess Tanya is a vegetarian and a DJ she's the exact kind of customer that Black Flamingo is made for and for Bryce learning that and also learning how much she'd wanted to appreciate Black Flamingo was eye-opening there's like different ways that I, I look at reviews and sometimes I know exactly who the person is and then sometimes you create a caricature of who that person is. Oh by... man, so what's my caricature? I wonder what my caricature <laughs> I mean, the, the caricature I have or, or you know, in this specific situation is not accurate at all. I mean, it seems pretty just like you had a, a poor experience and that stuff's going to happen, you know. But Tanya also began to speculate about why her review had created such a caricature in Bryce's mind. Seeing it from his perspective is really fascinating that he thought of me as just kind of like this angry, off-the-cuff, like, whatever. I was totally treating his whole, like, enormous effort at creating something. I wasn't taking it very thoughtfully, and I wasn't. I read I read the review, and I am, like, kind of shamed. I am ashamed about it. I wish that I used, like, better adjectives and more thoughtful prose. And <laughs> the whole conversation lasted about an hour. Um, I mean, I'm kind of full, but do you guys want dessert? I want to try the honey crisp. We got this great dessert that arrived at the right time this time. Everyone was smiling, laughing, lots of discussions about various DJs and nightclubs that we all liked or disliked. And it seemed clear to me that in this instance, Yelp had thrust two relatively similar people into opposing camps of a fraught digital landscape. So we all got up, went outside. Bryce said goodbye to Tanya. They hugged each other. She went off into the night. Bryce went back to work. And then a few weeks later, this review appeared on Black Flamingo's Yelp page. My first review was a poor attempt at offering constructive feedback for a young business trying to do something different. I admit that I allowed myself to be coded in the hype, which created unrealistic expectations. My second time here, I am able to remember the food to remark upon its unique flavor palette. Try the jam. The cocktail menu featured solid drinks that complement the vibe. Try the evil ways. I enjoyed my experience. Clearly, lessons were learned. With that being said, I do stand by my original review. Perhaps not the incomplete and abrupt conveyance of ideas, but my, my initial, initial experience, experience was, was as described. described. Glad this place is around. around. Yeah, I mean, we feel pretty similar about the whole thing. Like, her review was just, and then our improvement was real. To take away the element of being anonymous on, on Yelp, Historically, that's a relationship that, like, you know, each person will never know the other person. Like, there'll never be a real face to it. It won't really be humanized. It's just the internet. We're just putting words on the internet, you know? Only in this instance, we did see her again, and she did come back, and the story wasn't over yet. So, Jesse, you now have a Yelp counseling and mitigation practice. Am I correct? I do, yeah. You can reach out to... Uh... I practice on my website. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't do that. But reporting this story was a great reminder that the internet is a great equalizing force in all facets of our lives. We should use it to speak up about politics or about tacos or about whatever we want. But just because we're talking to each other through screens doesn't mean we shouldn't talk to each other as people. Thanks to Jesse Rudoy for reporting this great story. 
Like many restaurants being affected by the COVID-19 pandemic right now, Black Flamingo is currently closed. They have a GoFundMe page set up, and if you'd like to support them, we'll put that information on our website. We'll also include additional ways for you to support your local service industry. And we've got information about Jesse's Soda. It's called White Label. That's all up on our website, www.americastestkitchen.com proof. We'd love you to check it out. And if you like proof, then be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you'll get brand new episodes as soon as they drop. And while you're there, why not leave us a rating or write a review? Because it really helps other people find the show. Proof is hosted and produced by me, Bridget Lancaster. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. Sarah Joyner is our managing producer. Associate producer, Caroline Rickard. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. Brian Campbell of Signal Sounds composed our theme music. Additional music by Kyle Forrester and Jordan Pearson. Post-production supervisor is Hen Margolis. Our production manager is Diane Knox. Fact-checking and additional research by Kaya Williams. Jack Bishop is a five-star review and chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. David Nussbaum is our CEO. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kohler, Oxo, Miyoko's Creamery, and NakedWines.com. Proof is a production of America's Test Kitchen. 